So this morning, we have a very, very uh, awesome opportunity to hear from our youth pastor, Pastor Jeff Ross. So at this time, I'd like to invite him up. And uh, I believe he's got a little something to show us kind of exactly um, what those students are doing over there on Sunday morning. So, Jeff, here you go. Oh, man. Never say never. I was thinking about that last night. Never say never, because I find that whenever you say never, at least me, I end up doing that thing that I'll never do. So here I am. Um, so anyways, Sunday is 6th through 8th, and we do a thing called Truth Is. This is how our service always starts out. Truth Is, where did that come from? On Facebook, um, these kids always, you know, I have tons of young friends on my Facebook, and I see them post Truth is this, that, and they usually a lot of smack talk or whatever they think the truth is, right? But for us here, this is the truth, and it's the only truth. And so to have a privilege, um, when Sunday mornings, the young people, um, it's kind of youth-led. So they'll come up. One of them will grab three leaders. They'll come up, and they'll um, open in prayer. They'll do the truth is, and then they'll close in prayer. And I just do the message. So together, we do the service together on Sunday mornings. It gets them trained up. This is actually a training tactic. Um, so they get comfortable up in front of a mic, right? So they can always have the Word of God on the tip of their tongue, ready to fire off at any time. And when we do outreaches and stuff, this helps kind of break down the walls, right? So then if we're out there to share Jesus with people, um, they can, they're already used to kind of doing this, right? So it makes it a lot easier. Because the voice, the voice of the youth is very powerful, right? There's no better way to reach the youth than by using young soldiers like here. So I want to apologize for all the other youth that aren't able to come up here today. I was actually only supposed to grab like three or four, but we kind of squeaked a couple extra up here. So any guys, just introduce your name and what your verse is and what it means. So truth is, is just their, their verse, whatever that is, um, why they picked that verse, kind of, but what it means to them, right? So they're working out God's word in them and what it means to them and why they chose it. So we're going to get cranking out on this, and then we'll go from there. Hi, my name is Cameron, and I'm going to be reading Jeremiah 29, 11. For God, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. What this means to me is that God made you how you are supposed to be made. Let's say you make a mistake. He, what he would say is, I have to make you again. You're going to be a baby again. That does, that's not going to happen. He knows your plans, and he wrote, it's, he wrote them down on a piece of paper. He knows everything that you're going to do. Hi, I'm Lizzie and I'm reading First Chronicle, Chronicles 16:11. Look to the Lord and his strength. Think, seek his face always. What this means to me is if you're scared or afraid or nervous about something you're going to do, if you look up to God and see his face, you can do anything. Amen. Amen. My name is Abby, and my verse is 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. What this means to me is that even though we're young, us kids at youth group, we're like 11 to 14, and some people think we can't do anything. But what I've seen is that so many kids really can do things in Christ. 
I am Brody, and I'm going to be reading Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What this means to me with God, everything is possible, no matter what. He will strengthen you. He will help you in the darkest times. My name is Lucas, and I'm going to be sharing Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And what this means to me is that we got to ask God for grace. We can't just, we have to do amazing, amazing things are from God. We can't just do it on our own. We got to ask, and we have to grow in faith, and it's from God. Hi. Okay. Hi, I'm Callie, and I'll be reading Psalms 34, 5. Those who look to him for help will, will be radiant with joy. No shadows of shame will darken their face. What that means to me is that if you look to God for help and you believe in him and let him help you in the way he can, that you will be, you'll always be happy and you'll have no shame in what you do because you know God will be able to be there to help you and fix it. I'm Chevelle, and I'll be reading Psalm 139.12. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. What this means to me is that in the dark, the Lord gives me light and strength. So the dark is as bright as day. The Lord is my shield. As day with the Lord is my shield. I pick this verse because those who feel alone or in the dark are truly not alone, for God is there to give them light. Awesome. Like I said, there's usually about 20 to 30 kids. They, they love this. There's usually about 20 to 30 of them that come up and do this. So, man, if we don't get this tucked in their hearts, right, the Word of God, if I don't, then I've failed, and I don't want to fail. I want these kids to have God's Word so tucked in their, war in their hearts like a sharp weapon, right? It's powerful. So thank you guys for coming up here. You know, they weren't as scared as me. <clears throat> this is actually my biggest fear, you guys. No joke, public speaking. So here we are. The Lord, <laughs> I'm just going to pray real quick, okay? So Lord Jesus, God, we thank you for who you are. You're the King of Kings. And Lord, you own every heart in this place here today, Lord. And so God, we just pray for your word that you would open hearts to hear what you have planned today, Lord. We just give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's middle school. If anybody wants to get involved, Leaders, we're praying for leaders. Man, the more leaders we can have one-on-one -on -one covering these kids, the better off these kids will be, right? It's mentors, trainers. Um, I'm looking for as many leaders as I can get to cover these kids. I was asking for 10. The Lord's been bringing some, but I'd love to have way more. So if you feel like the Lord's speaking to your heart and calling you to get involved in that, that would be awesome. We'll shift to middle school. Uh, Wednesday night, Area 511. Some of you who may not know, is our youth night. It's very heavy on outreach. That 511 is almost like a well, meaning that kids are coming um, to hopefully get that living water, right? Tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. There's been hundreds of young people who have given their life to Christ down there um, since last year. Um, last Wednesday, the Lord is moving powerful there. And uh, there's probably about, I don't know, 30 Somewhere in there, kids that gave their life to Christ, right? Um, two Sundays ago. 
And so he's on the move. He's on the move. The graffiti, stuff like that, it's just, it's non-threatening, right? Come as you are. It helps break down a lot of walls and barriers. So I'm, I was praying about a message to share today. The Lord's just kind of bringing in some things so that I can share a little who I am. I'll share towards the end my testimony a little bit, how I came to Christ, what that looks like. And then Area 511, to bring that in, to bring these youth in here on Sunday and tie everything together. Um, so if you want to be get involved, being a leader on Wednesday, man, the, I, I wish I could unpack the stories of so much hurt, so much pain, so much brokenness from these kids who are coming, how the Lord's bringing them on Wednesday nights. And we all sit, we all sit in a circle, and they all hear the word of God, which is powerful, right? And so these are, most of them are non-church kids. Seems like at times, I mean, there's over 100 kids down there, easily. So God's on the move, pursuing a young generation. And so that gets me excited. If you feel like the Lord's calling you that, please talk to me, and I'd love to get you plugged in. But these kids need you. These young girls, these young girls who have so much hurt, so much pain, just need some young girls to come on and love on them, um, to listen well, listen to their stories. And so if that's you, please come talk to me. And now we're going to get into our message. John chapter 4. So if you have a Bible, um, turn to John chapter 4. This is actually my favorite, ver uh, favorite Bible story. I strategically chose this one today because it'll make sense. Like, oh, yeah, Jeff, that 511. Okay, that's why that looks like that way. Oh, the Lord, like, oh, that's who he was. Okay, Jesus met him there, and it kind of looked like that. And so I'll share in towards the end um, how I came to Christ. But this is my favorite story in the Bible. Um, this story that I'm getting ready to unpack is uh, um, how I do all ministry. So some of you may not know, but I do a skate church every other Sunday uh, in Hilliard. And so this is the model. This is the model that the Lord's laid on my heart to do all ministry and everything I do based on um, the woman at the well. And so we're going to read. So we're going to hit a pretty good portion of Scripture this morning and then unpack that. So we're going to go right here on uh, John chapter 4, 4 through 42. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of the ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, 
who will give us the well and drink from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will neither worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and now has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of the worship. They are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then the disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four more months and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now the harvest, har even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying is true. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done and hard, done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans come to, came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you've said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Did you check that out? Did you check out that uh, after that encounter with Jesus, like she was a powerful evangelist, huh? 
Have you ever, I, I just picked up on that like a couple months ago. I never saw that in scripture before that the Lord actually used her to go share testimony and she was an evangelist and a powerful one. Many gave their life to Christ. And this is my favorite story in all of the Bible. Like I said, towards the end, I'll share with you how I myself was at a well, thirsty, thirsty, such a thirsty soul. And Jesus saved my life one night. So we're going to unpack this now. There's a lot of good stuff in this story. A one-on-one encounter with the Son of God and a Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman, there's three things about this woman that put her at a total disadvantage. Number one, she's a Samaritan woman. She's guilty of sexual immorality, and she is a woman. The Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans, especially women, and even more so, one guilty of sexual immorality. She was married five times to five different husbands. Five different husbands that divorced her and kind of kicked her to the curb. So I don't even know if you guys knew this, but like women weren't allowed to divorce their husbands, right? Did you guys ever realize that before? So imagine this, her. She's been divorced five times. So broken, so hurting, I bet, as her five husbands kind of kicked her up and said, I don't want you, or whatever. I can't imagine what she was going through. Only the men could divorce. Imagine her brokenness and feeling unwanted so many times. And the man she's now with, the moment, is not her husband. And Jesus, it's my favorite part. And Jesus crossed so many cultural bounds of that day to set out to engage this broken woman and meet her right at the crossroads in her life. And no one else would ever do such a thing. Jesus always met people right where they were at in life. He's our perfect example. And we are to follow such a perfect model and example as well. This Samaritan woman, man, she was thirsty. Jesus caught her attention. He crossed so many cultural boundaries to get right to her soul. Right to her soul. Like even sharing and eating, drinking utensils which was a big no-no of the day. Remember when she came and said, sir, you don't have anything to draw with? Remember that? There was like stuff culturally, like you just did not share um, even drinking or eating utensils, right? Even more so, even with a woman. When I was researching this, this encounter also happened to, to take place during the daytime, right? And so no one would dare go meet or be caught or seen with a Samaritan woman, a woman even during the day, right? So Jesus went out on some risky things to go in and pursue this soul. He crossed so many things to go in after her soul. That's why I love this story. Jesus cared more for her soul than anything else in this story. And she was so worth it. She was so worth it, and her soul mattered so much to Jesus Like I said, he chose to cross every boundary of the day to meet her right where she was at. Jesus, our perfect example to follow. And outside the front doors of this building today, outside these doors, there's so many hurting, broken, lost, lonely individuals just waiting 
so thirsty for you and I to meet them right where they're at. Crossing so many boundaries of today to go in after their soul and offer a drink of living water. They're waiting. They're so waiting. Oh, man, she was thirsty. Jesus spoke to her not about any kind of water, but living water, the kind that would make her never thirst ever again if she drank of it. This kind of water quenches all thirst. And this woman wanted this water. She wanted this water bad. She said, sir, give me some of this water so that I will not be thirsty or ever have to come here to draw water. See, I'm guessing that this woman probably came there often, day after day, maybe several times a day, for something that never satisfied. And Jesus is the only one who had that living water who just one drink would completely satisfy her. Jesus knew all things about this woman. See, nobody told Jesus that she had five husbands. And so, too, God knows all about you and all about me. All we've ever done, nothing is hidden. Nothing's hidden from God. He knows everything. Jesus tells her that he is the Messiah. And she goes back and tells everyone testimony of her encounter with Jesus. Many others believe, and as a result, place their faith in Jesus that he really is the savior of the world. This story is all about the grace of God, meeting people right where they're at in life, a soul that matters, a soul that matters at all costs. I was thinking like the most precious thing that you or me could ever handle is really the human soul, if you think about it, right? It's so precious, it's so fragile, it's so delicate, and it's worth absolutely everything. Jesus didn't, get, Jesus didn't get up all in her face, right? Call out her sins. Did you notice that? He met her right where she was. Jesus offered the real deal, water, living water. He engaged people at the crossroads, across all kinds of cultural boundaries in order to offer true hope because he cares. What a powerful story. I wrote, I can personally relate to this story. I can relate to this story really well. When I was a young person, um, I can relate to this story because I was just like that woman. I was just like this woman trying to go after anything and everything all day, every day, to try and drink something that I thought would satisfy, but it never would. Came from a divorced family. My dad died when I was four. Fast forward, I got into drugs. There was drugs in my house. It was normal. So then I got into, got into high school where I got popped for a quarter million dollar steroid bust. Almost landed me 15 years in prison. And from there, I moved out with my girlfriend in Brown's Edition. Her dad was a huge drug dealer. Fast forward, he got me into growing marijuana. I made big money, big money. I had all the toys, 
Before you know it, I'm growing marijuana in five houses in Spokane for about seven years. I'm making like 30,000 bucks every couple months, right? I have all the money in the world. So paranoid, so tormented. My life was, I was so miserable. <laughs> I was the most miserable person you could ever meet. But I could have that mask on as if I wasn't, right? And fast forward from there, I ended up getting involved in dealing some rock cocaine, quite a bit of it on Lower South Hill, got into meth, coke, my own addiction before you know it. I'm using over at least over $3,500 a month in my own addiction, right? Everything and anything to the, to the tilt. My life was fast and furious, pedal to the metal, hustling, pushing, everything, trying to chase that dollar at any cost. And so that was my life, man, for like quite a few years. And that's all I knew because that's all I hung out with. I didn't know any Christians. I didn't know any Christians. I didn't know any of them who would have came in and met me at that well and offered me just a taste of living water. I didn't know any, right? So that's all I knew. During that time frame from high school till I was 24 years old, I tried suicide um, nine times. I had nine failed attempts, hardcore attempts, okay? Like, these were real, like, 200 hits of speed, 48 sleeping pills on one occasion, right? They had to take me to the psych wards and stuff. I've been there. I've done it all. I've seen everything. So hurt, so broken. Nine failed attempts. But listen, I had all the money. you think I would have been happy, right? And so... I'm going to fast forward here. One night, I'm all by myself. So thirsty, you guys, for living water. I just didn't know what it was or where I could get some of this. And so, I'll just share it because it's a real story. So, you know, I did. I loaded an assault rifle up, man, and I had the, I had that gun to my head. And, uh, number 10, number 10, and I said, Jesus, if you're for real, like, I need to know right now, because this is number 10, right, and when I called out on that name that night, about 19, back in 97, all by myself, he showed up, so thick and tangible, I felt all that paranoia, all that torment lift and a peace and joy came in flooding into my soul and he set me free that night now listen you guys i was using a lot of stuff right like i said like i could not quit my addiction that's all i knew right i mean when you're pumping that much stuff in your system you just don't quit that's why I was, just get it over with jeff you know you're an addict you'll never quit jesus set me free that night i never touched or used a thing ever since that night ever and that's all him that's all him that's the power of God that's the power of God meeting one hurt and broken thirsty soul at the well in my living room and he changed me just like this woman at the well I can't keep silent I gotta go tell everybody I know and we've seen thousands come to Christ over the years as we go in and meet people at the wells of life and share Jesus' love on them, listen to their stories, pray for them.
And God's in hot pursuit of souls. He cares as well as that none would perish, but that all, right? He cares about numbers. He's a big God. He cares about big numbers. And I'm able to work with a lot of hurting and broken youth all over the city, not just out here, but within some youth for Christ, Kate Church, Hilliard, and those broken areas in West Central, Hilliard, downtown, the most at-risk youth, the gangbangers, the meth addicts, the heroin addicts, and I see Jesus pursuing souls and setting so many people free when they have the privilege for just a glass of living water. They never thirst again. It's a privilege to be able to watch the Father draw souls to himself, and he cares so much. Man, and I didn't have one believer in my life as I think back. Man, my life could have been so much better if I just had one person meet me, maybe at junior high, maybe in high school, maybe a couple years in that, could have saved me a lot of headache. I really shouldn't be here today, but it's only because of Jesus because he meets people at the wells of life. So my question, here's life application. Now what can we take out of here today, including myself? Is there one, just one person that God has brought into your life, my life, right now, that you or me could pursue at all costs and offer that person a drink of living water so that they will never thirst again, just like Jesus did with the woman at the well. Amen. Perhaps that person is you here today, and you're so thirsty. And maybe you've been going to this well, whatever that is, it's, a, it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. You've been going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to get a sip of this and that, and it doesn't quench that. Maybe you're here today. Maybe that's you. Maybe life has hit you hard and heavy, and you're at the well your own individual well, with such a thirsty soul. And you're tired of running back and forth, like I said, to that well to drink over and over and over. Jesus is so wanting to meet with you here today. We came to meet with God here today, right? We didn't just come to show up at church, right? We came here to meet with God. He wants to meet with us here today, right? He wants to change lives before we go out there today to meet with him. And if you have never given your life to Christ before and you want some of this living water to quench all your thirst, 
you can have that here today. Can you believe that? The very thing that you've been looking for, you can have that right here, right now. Free. Free. Actually, if Luke and Jessica could come, could come out here right now, we're going to get some worship going. Close in prayer. Man, would you guys just pray with me? Because we came here to meet with God. There are hurting. Some of you out here are hurting and broken. God wants to heal up broken hearts. He came to set people free from whatever's been holding you back. Only you and God know that. Remember the Samaritan woman? He knew all things. Nothing was hidden. But he crossed every single cultural boundary of that day to go right in for the soul because it mattered so much. If we could just take a moment to examine where are each one of us at with our walk with, in our walk with God right now. Maybe some here don't even know. Maybe some of us get even caught up in the routine coming here week after week after week. Maybe some of us here know a lot about Jesus, but yet we don't know him personally. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And you matter to him so much. And he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And as soon as you get right with him, that plan and purpose will fall right into place. Right into place. Maybe some of you have been running, right? Some of us run from God at times. I did most of my life I ran from God. But he cares about you. And just like the woman at the well in this story today, he'll meet you whatever cost. Because you matter. So I'm just going to close out as we could just get some worship going. If you have not given your life to Christ today, I beg you, I plead with you over your soul that today would be the day of salvation. That you could come up here today and have that glass of living water so that you don't have to keep going back to that well in life, whatever that is. And if you want some of this living water that's free, if that's you out there today, would you come forward right now? I'm just asking if there's anyone out there, would you come and be bold? If you want living water today, maybe there's nobody out there, but if there is, would you come up here as we could pray for you? So as some worship gets cranking and you want to know the king of kings and you want to be set free and you want some chains broken and you want that glass of living water, when the worship's cranking out, 
just come forward. And then we have communion here too, right? So that our hearts are right with God before we even take this today. We'll close out with worship and communion. But if you need prayer today, I'm just asking that you come forward. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, to make that bold statement of coming forth right here today. Just like that woman at the well. There's an encounter waiting to take place. And God, we just thank you today, Lord. God, I thank you for every single person in this room, Lord God. Jesus, I pray that you would just open hearts to you, Lord. And maybe, God, there's some in here who don't know you, Lord. I pray only you, only you and them know that, God, that, that today would be the day of salvation and that, you know, Lord, God, that you would uh, offer that living water, God. Someone in here. Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. Just lead us and guide us through this week, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, help us keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord, in the crooked and depraved generation in a world that is tailspinning, Lord, that you would have your perfect work done in every single life in this room, even right now, God. And we just give you this day, Lord, and we thank you, we love you, because you paid it all. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer or want to give your life to Christ today, I just ask that you would come forward during the worship when you're ready, if you're ready. And we love you, Jesus. You're everything. Can we give it up for Jesus, for real?